That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute. A noble mission, some might say, to rewatch Batman v Superman one minute at a time. So far, it's gone pretty good. We've crossed the one hour mark. We're into minute 65. Once again, ending a minute. We loved those early perfect minutes. And while these recent ones have been like punctuated. Yeah, it's not quite perfectly as on the mark as it was in like, especially those first 20 minutes where it seemed like every single episode ended like with a punctuated like a gunshot or explosion or, or a or a clever line. And these are definitely well-timed, but I'd like to get back to a couple of those because the, they lined up perfectly. But but this is a great spot for this one. Bruce has given his best charming, smoky demeanor to Diana and told her that he's known a few women like her. Oh, I don't think you've ever known a woman like me. I know we talked about like Wonder Bat and the, the kind of sexual tension here uh, with them and... and it's funny that we talked about that so much the last minute with his line because for any sort of tension that he was – or any sort of flirtation that he was kind of directing in her way there, she like chews it up and spits it out even more at him with this one. Like I was talking about how this minute kind of – not sold me. I, I just was curious to know what Gal Gadot was bringing to this this approach to these characters. Yeah. It was her – the way that she steps away and looks back at Ben Affleck like he is an adorable little boy. Well, she even ca- literally calls him a little boy. There are very few actresses I would believe would look down at a man like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> or at yeah. least, you know, with a playfulness to it. Well, especially because he, he comes on so, like, like the I keep on going back to that arm grab. But, like, that happens and then she kind of laughs him off for being a little boy. It's like a perfect way to, to, I guess, literally, or not literally, but ironically and figuratively <laughs> disarm him and uh, gains control of the of the situation um, without having to be as aggressive as he was. Like, it's literally like the, the power of Wonder Woman that is shining through there. This is literally like the first time I'm thinking about it. But when I when I saw Wonder Woman and I, one of the first ways that I expressed my thoughts was saying that Gal Gadot, she conveys... A daughter, sister, friend, mother. That's all a part of her character. Yeah. It's just now occurring to me that, like, this is her first scene with the character who is literally defined by, like, not having a mother. Like, in this version of the movie. Oh, yeah. And she, like, I mean, we're going to hit the nail on the head finally. We've, We've probably talked around it, like, two or three times. She's entertaining him and looking at him like the way a mother would at their child. Yeah. And she even has that line when she says, it's true what they say about, you know, little boys born with no natural inclination to share. And that is what makes Bruce smile. Yeah. Well, he's pleased that, like, he's like, oh, this is not. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's very, like, respectful of her to give it back to him in that way. That it's like sparring. It's a, um, I'm, I'm sure he hasn't faced a challenge like this in a. In a while, where he's like, "Oh, oh, okay, so we'll just we'll just treat each other as equals then, instead of me <laughs> yeah. trying to like 
influence you or play a game with you like that. She concludes their exchange by saying, you know, you'll find it in your car and I'm leaving. And this time he kind of stays frozen, like kind of dumbfounded with what has happened here as she. Well, and the part that I love about this moment and something we didn't comment on in the last minute, but that this is really accentuated here is the the shot. The cinematography has been super, super tight close ups with a really, really shallow depth of field to the point that it kind of drowns out and muffles the rest of the party. And so they're having this moment where there's this there's this tension and they've got this back and forth. They're having a really like intimate moment, like regardless of whatever the implication is, it is very much the two of them are the only people that exist in the world in within that that brief exchange. And then as she walks away, it rack focuses to to keep her in focus. But as in the process, it brings the rest of the room kind of like roaring back to life visually Um it like snaps into focus and the music exactly, comes yeah. in at the same time. And it's, it's almost like a, it's like, what's the opposite of like a record scratch, but <laughs> it's like, a, <laughs> um, it's like, a, Oh wait, sequence over. Yeah. I was like, Oh wait, we're, we're in public. Like there are other people here and it's a, it, it's a great, you know, just punctuation to kind of, um, visually sort of convey that intimacy, but also convey the, it's almost like he, yeah, like Bruce is coming out of a dream from that encounter. It's kind of only when it was like a little bit when she turned to face him. And then when she leaves, it's like the realization hits that I've been kind of captivated for the last two minutes. And the look on Bruce's face is as if he realizes he's been captivated for the last, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. And that is where we're left lingering (laughs) (laughs) is I guess he just stayed standing in that spot looking after her. And then we jump from him to the Batcave. Yeah, there's, I guess there's there's a lot of shots and a lot of text. I didn't really catch anything in any of this text. Did you? No, 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 I tried. The only thing that I really thought is interesting, it's not the first time we've seen the Bat computer here, but um, this is probably one of my favorite uh, Bat computers. It's, it's not really been a fixture in any of the other movies that I can recall, or not at least in this way, but it's very, very much a like Batman the Animated Series. Computer, I computer, always, computer, yeah. I always, when I, when I think of that, I just always loved that massive screen and like that <laughs> bank that he would sit behind. And that's, it's a little bit impractical, like for this sake, but in terms of translating that kind of cartoon, the aesthetic of that version of the Batcave into live action. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the shot of him sitting there is like as Bruce Wayne as you can get. Staring and, at a loading bar. Yeah, exactly. And there's not really a whole lot going on there. I'm sure maybe there's an Easter egg buried somewhere, but nothing that was um, really jumping out to me. Other than we... He's zoned out a little bit, and we hear that world engine sound effect again. Yeah, turning off. The, the That is what I want to zero in on, because I think that it is only, only after seeing the movie more than once can you start to make, not like, not figure out what this really means, but start to make some sense in your own mind of what's happening here. Because he's staring at that bar... And then we see, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of closing in on his face where he is experiencing something. Mm-hmm. It's not him staring off into space or him kind of blankly doing anything. It's almost as if uh, something is happening to him that he is experiencing. Yeah. And in classic Bruce Wayne fashion, he looks inquisitive about it because he doesn't know what this is. 
what it is is like you said the world engine sound and a snap to black and then a coated figure with a with a cowl and goggles opening a door obviously you and i are both going to be suckers for a fade to black that is then shown to be literal black yeah broken with a massive door being opened out on what looks like a war-torn desert he with barbed wire rubble fire yeah it's it's crazy and the the first thing i always think of when i see this scene when he opens that door is during snyder's uh director's cut event that he had march 2019 i think he i think it was during the dawn of the dead screening he talked about um the sound effects that he likes to use and he specifically talked about how he loves this sound effect of like a safe door slamming shut and how he'll use that for everything possible and i can guarantee that's that's what this is is he's like what's the biggest heaviest door sound effect we can get to clang for this opening up because it's just so so dramatic (laughs) the the noise (laughs) of that door opening there's a ton of stuff to talk with about with the nightmare scene that we're gonna have to split up over the course of of these minutes but one thing that i don't think we're necessarily going to have a a proper place to discuss later that there's a hint of right here is um, sand yeah there's sand it's it's coarse um as it gets everywhere it it does and uh and (laughs) as the the door opens and the light shines through you can see he's carrying a rifle and on the butt of the rifle is a joker card yeah taped what's interesting about that is from sort of what's I guess gotten out there now from from some people that that know is apparently in the nightmare scene Batman has teamed up with Joker and Deathstroke at some point or or maybe not teamed up with them but they are they are in that that universe and that's literally I think the only information that's out there about that is just that that those characters are involved in the nightmare in some way. That's not something I believe was shot for justice league. I think it would have been like justice league two or, or maybe three. Cause like, I think three was going to be kind of um, injustice inspired. So I guess maybe we'll see if we get there eventually if this Zack Snyder's justice league on HBO max goes off, maybe we'll still get that and figure out what that's all about. But that's one of those Easter eggs that has been around forever. That only, I think it just was came out a, a couple weeks ago. That. Yeah, because the actual card itself was like only in wardrobe photos, or it was like um, production photos that you could really clearly make it out. Yeah, exactly. And you can see it here, and I don't know if I can identify it just because I know what it is, or if if we had never seen those production photos, if we'd be able to identify that it's a Joker card. But there was always a question of, like, people thought maybe he, he killed the Joker, and that's why that was there. But apparently it's got something to do with the fact that, like, Joker and Deathstroke are in the bat cave like at the, at this moment or or whatever in in whatever capacity and so that's always something cool and exciting to i don't know maybe look forward to or learn more about sometime speaking of looking forward to things we've got i mean all kinds of stuff in the next minute with one of batman's coolest costumes yeah i this nightmare costume is yeah um some can't wait to get more of that truly incredible uh like cinematography visual storytelling actual practical filmmaking i I think a cameo from Zack snyder yeah and just general over the top wtf is going on insanity 
Yeah, we're going to see. Yeah. Well, but in this minute, minute 65, the nightmare has officially begun. Barbed wire and fire. I think it might be razor wire. Yeah. We don't know where this door is. We will get a very, very good clue uh, in the next minute. But I am very excited. This is like, this might be the first minute we're ending where it's like, oh, wow. The stuff we're about to talk about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not just excited, but I don't even know how long these episodes are going to go. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare. No, 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 no. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs>